0: All right, yeah, we are certainly looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting. Um, we've been talking about, well, we did that conference last year, but we didn't do the one combined church service on a Sunday. So that's going to be new this year. So we're really, really looking forward to that. Uh, one other announcement I have, I don't have a slide for it. Uh, it's Just I wanted to bring it to your attention. We'll have a more detailed slide on it next week. Uh, but we're going to do our OCC, our Christmas Boxing Packing Party, on November 5th, so it'll be the Saturday before Breakthrough Weekend, it'll be right here in the lobby, I believe, from 9 to noon, uh, so we just finalized that date recently, so we don't have a slide yet, but just mark your calendars, there's stuff going on the next couple Saturdays, so November 5th and then November 11th, uh, there's a lot of stuff going, Our Friday night and Saturday the 12th, uh, a lot of stuff going on, so let me have a scripture here I want to read over uh, our offerings, our tithes and offerings, and we'll pray over them. It says out of Luke 6:45, it says, "A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." And I've realized that not just the mouth speaks, but I think out of the abundance of the heart, our lives flow. And it's just whether it's in giving, financial relationships, in all ways, out of the abundance of our heart is what we bring forth, that overflow, that bubbling over. The same thing goes with our tithes and offerings. Let's just pray over them this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. We just praise you, Lord, that every bill is paid. Lord, that you are taking care of us, Lord, financially. Father, we just thank you for your prosperity, Lord. And Father, we just thank you that you are so good and so faithful, Lord, and that our 90% that you allow us to retain, Lord, goes further than 100%. And we just don't know how that works, but we're thankful for it, and we just love you and praise you, Lord. And as we bring forth, as the, as the word comes forth this morning, Lord, that you would just anoint it and you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to Mark 16. Uh, Pastor Andy had the privilege of the last two weeks, so I had the privilege of listening to Pastor Andy uh, give his messages, I listened to him on Spotify, and man, they were so powerful. So thank you, sir, for covering for us last minute uh, in, you know, when we had to run out of town, but they were so powerful. And some of the things I wrote down, uh, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go listen to them, but Awakened Love Awakens the Believer's Authority, Awaken Love, and he talked really both weeks about the love of the Father and how that compassion and love of God must resonate on the inside of us to initiate or to awaken this believer's authority, which is the series uh, that we're working on. And I really feel led this morning is I kind of did a part one of an intro, and then Pastor Andy did two weeks. I'm going to kind of do the second part of that introduction because I have some practical things for us this morning that I really want us to get a hold of and be able to begin to use in our daily lives using this believer's authority. And what does that look like in our day-to-day lives? So the key scripture here out of Mark 16, starting in verse 17, says this. And these signs, these signs. So Jesus is going to list some signs. This is part of the great commission not in Matthew but the great commission that's as listed in Mark it says in these signs we're going to list the five of them that come out here it says we'll follow we'll follow and just as I was thinking about this morning that word follow kind of jumped out at me right what is something that's following right my kids a lot of times follow me around yeah how many of you, you got the little ones and you're just walking and all of a sudden you're just like, oh my gosh, so they're like right behind you again. They're constantly following me around. In fact, uh, I believe it was it Maggie yesterday, Pastor Andy was uh, over at her house, we were doing some, some yard work and all of a sudden out of nowhere he, he takes a step back and Maggie is literally like right up underneath him, like she's right behind him. She's just looking to follow and it's interesting that it says that these signs will follow us. Which means everywhere that we go, everywhere that we go, whether it's to our house, to the gym, to our jobs, wherever, these signs are actually following us. They're coming along with us. They're actually linked to us because we are a believer. Because we believe and we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, these signs that I'm about to read are things that follow us wherever we go. Now the challenge is we don't always activate them, we don't always use them, and a lot of times when I was reading this, I had realized I walked through life many a times not even thinking about these signs that are right there, ready, and they're right behind me at a moment's notice. So it says this, it says, these signs will follow those who, what? Believe. So if you do not believe, these signs do not follow you. It's as simple as that. And we're going to talk a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be next week, but we're going to talk a little more. What does it really mean to believe? Because if you can't get the believing right, if you can't understand what that means and what that looks like and understand that, and basically, the, it's like faith, right? It's, it's, the word is saying, like, if you believe these signs are going to follow you. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in the name of Jesus, if you believe in faith that he can and will do these things, these signs will follow you. If you don't believe, they do not follow. They do not come alongside. So in my name, here's the, the beginning of the list. In my name, they will cast out demons. How many of you know that as we progress through this age that the demons... And the devil's workers and all those things have not disappeared. They have not gone away. They're only trying to gain strength. And it is up to us, those who believe, to have signs of faith. We are the ones who cast out those demons. We are the ones that cast them out of people in our lives and in our workplaces. And it's just like, you're like, Pastor Jason, that's crazy. I, I mean, that's crazy. How do we do that? We'll get to that. I don't suggest tomorrow morning walking into work and being like, you know what, Pastor Jason told me, I'm going to cast out some demons. You have been a real problem in this workplace, so stand up right now. You've got a demon, and I know the demon's name, and I'm going to cast him out right now in the name of Jesus. So just open your arms, put your head, right? That would probably not be a good thing to go do tomorrow morning. But there is ways the Bible teaches us how to cast out demons. And if it's something he has called us to do, it's part of the Great Commission, it says it's going to follow us, how many of us want to start doing it? Come on. It's like, I, I don't know if it's an American church or whatever it is, but we don't talk about demons. They're real. They're alive. They activate. They activate even in our own lives, as believers' lives. We'll get into all that. You think, oh, well, I'm a believer, so there can't be any demons working in my life. The Bible doesn't say that. Now they can't possess a spirit-filled believer. That'll be a whole nother. Tea. We're going to get into that. But they can oppress. How do you know, there are real live demons pressing in on us and in our lives and in our circumstances and situations. But Jesus gave us the power to cast them out. And a lot of times, this is how this whole series got started, is I've been praying for things to happen. Lord Jesus, I need you to help me in this situation. Lord Jesus, I need this. And Lord Jesus, I'm having these thoughts. And I just, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. And he stopped me and said, Jason, I've given you the authority to deal with these things. You keep praying to me, but you actually have the authority to deal with them. So deal with them. I was like, Okay. How do I do that? Yes, that's why we got this series. That's why we're doing this series and trying to understand what does that look like. So in my name, they will cast out demons. Come on. They will speak with new tongues. And I love this word, this cast out, this casting out. It's like, anybody watching baseball right now in October? Watching the World Series or like the Division Series, Pens here. A couple of us. Okay. So in baseball, there's an umpire, and the umpires can throw you out of the game. So what happened a couple of days ago, the Padres were playing the Phillies. I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Woo-hoo. Go Phillies. We're up three games to one. And uh, so one more win and we go to the World Series. Anyway, so the Padres batter was standing at the plate. And a pitch came in and he kind of jumped out of the way, but he kind of half swung. And he thought it was ball four. And he started walking down to first base. And the catcher goes over. He says, was that a strike? And the guy goes, strike three. And the Padres player was irate. I mean, you should have seen this guy. He was so fired up. And you could read his lips. Okay, they didn't have audio on him. But you could read his lips. And there were a lot of four-letter words that were coming out like crazy. And his arms were flailing like this. And he had thrown his helmet off at some point. And the umpires just standing there watching him. And he runs up to, the, runs up to his helmet and he goes, boom. And he kicks it. And the umpire goes, you out. You are out. Just like that. And he just tossed him out of the game. And you know what? He had to leave. He had to leave the game. He didn't have, there was no appeal process. There was no options. Like, well, you see, that really wasn't that great of a call, and I didn't like the call, and so, because I'm a player on the team, I would like to just, could I just stay a little bit longer? Could I just be here a little bit longer during this game? It's a critical game. Uh Uh-uh. You are out. And this whole thing of casting these things out, it is like we are umpires and we are walking this earth and we are seeing things that don't belong and shouldn't be there and need to go. And just like an umpire in baseball says, you are out. That guy didn't have a choice. And his head went down. He walked into the dugout. He probably threw a few more things, said a few more choice words. But the video panned to him, and where did he go? He went right out, through the dugout, and right into the clubhouse. Couldn't even stay. Can't stay. Got to go. And so this is what the Lord wants us in our lives to be able to do as well. And that's exciting to me, church. We want to speak with these fresh new tongues. In verse 18, it says, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And this take up serpents, I'll probably do a week on each of these, but taking up serpents, we discuss this as a pastoral staff, it's like the natural danger in this world. There's natural danger in this world, and we'll get into that, but that was a natural danger. We don't have serpents, like crawling through our homes, at least I hope not, you know, but in this day when this was written, when Jesus said these words, like serpents were a, a problem. They were a natural problem that was part of their surroundings. And so what it says is these natural circumstances, these dangers that are all around us, they won't hurt us. Interesting. And it also says that they will walk in supernatural safety, which means when they pick up this by knowing they would drink something deadly. Like, who purposely drinks something deadly? Like, you know, there's maybe, you know, nobody. Okay. Unless you're in like a, uh, you know, Macbeth or what are the shows? What are the famous plays? Romeo and Juliet. There we go, you know, some Shakespearean play or whatever. They're drinking deadly, poison. but people don't do it, so it's an accidental thing. It's an accidental thing, and it's interestingly that is the verse that we didn't know we were standing on when our car was flying out of control going on vacation. It's like, no, in the name of Jesus. We were standing on this accidental danger that was happening right in front of us, and we stood on that. Okay, we'll get into that more in a the, in the couple of weeks. And then healing the sick. We always say lay hands on the sick, and they what? Will. Will. They what? Will recover. Come on, church. These signs. How many want these signs to be following us everywhere that we go? So, this authority, what is authority or what is a believer? I have a, I modified the slide. I know it's been up here in the past couple of weeks. But a believer, if you've written this down, that's fine. But here I added a word anyone who holds a strong, unwavering belief. You know, you think of the verse of being tossed to and fro by the waves of the sea. That's doubt and unbelief. You're just bouncing around. I trust the Lord. I don't trust the Lord. He can do this. He can't do this. It's back of... I'm saying unwavering belief. A believer, anyone who holds a strong, unwavering belief in the truth of something. And so I want to build our faith up in this series that we will have a unwavering belief in the believer's authority and the power that God has granted to us to use in our day-to-day lives. We also wrote down what is authority. It's a delegated power, the right to command and enforce uh, obedience. And then power is defined as the ability to act or produce strength, to move. So we have this delegated authority that's backed by God that he's given to us so that we can act and move on his behalf. And a couple weeks ago, we looked at these points. I'm just going to read them off for us, because I want to catch up here on this last point. Is The first one was that Jesus has been given all authority. And we walk through the scripture, it says, Jesus, it was clear that Jesus has been given all authority. God the Father has given him all of that authority. And then the next one says that all authority and power is found in the name of Jesus. And it's found in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the one backing the name of Jesus. Right? I mean, I, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm, I, fortunately, I get to be in a bivocational job and get to witness and be with other people all the time. Unfortunately, one of the major words that they use is taking the Lord's name in vain. It's like, I mean, it's more than any four-letter word. I don't know what it is recently. Maybe it's just where I'm at. But it's just like, oh, it just makes me cringe constantly. Oh, and they say it. Oh, and they say it. Oh, and they say it. And I'm just like, do you understand what you are saying? They don't. They don't understand. There's no power in just saying that name when you're saying it that way. There's power in saying the name when you understand who is behind the name who is actually behind that name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then Jesus gave you and me his authority. His authority in Luke 10, verse 17. Here's where we're picking up. Luke 10, verse 17 says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Back to that. He's given us authority to go do all that. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. Then he added to them, in verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all, how much? All the power of the enemy. All of it. All of it. Not some of it. Jesus has given us the authority to trample on all the power of the enemy. I find that very interesting. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus has given us this authority over what? All the power of the enemy. What is the power of the enemy? What power does the enemy actually have? Well, guess what, guys? He lies. He steals. He cheats. He brings sickness. He brings death. He brings destruction. He brings all those things. And what this is telling me is that we have this power... Over all of the power of the enemy. And church, many times we don't use it. If you look at uh, when, when, when Satan was tempting Jesus. And we're not going to turn there. But when Satan was tempting Jesus, he tempted him physically. He tempted him with pride. And he tempted him with power. Three Ps. It's a preacher's greatest thing. Like We just use Ps for all these things, right? All these things, he couldn't tempt Jesus with those things unless he had the power to actually give him those things. So it's interesting that the Satan comes in and he tempts us physically in a lot of different ways. He tempts us emotionally in a lot of ways and it's just in our minds and in our thoughts. And he brings these lies and he brings these fears and this anxiety and he whispers these things to us. And what the Bible is saying is we have the authority over all the power of the enemy. All of it. And next week, I just encourage you, next week is going to be a critical week in this series. I'm going to talk about there's at least five things that occur in our lives or in our belief system or some other way when we say the name of Jesus and something doesn't happen right away. And I want to explain that to you guys because every one of you are going to walk out of here and say, well, I'm just going to say the name of Jesus and everything's going to change immediately in every circumstance, every situation in my life and that's not necessarily the case, okay? How many of you know that it doesn't always work just that way? So I encourage you to come back next week because there's five, at least five that I've researched that I know in my heart that the Lord uses and works along in conjunction with his name and the power and the authority that he's given us. But not everything gets to just change magically because we just decide to say the name of Jesus over something. So it's really important for you guys to be here and, and understand that and know that. But today, there are certain things, all the power of the enemy, we're going to walk through practical things that we can go do. It says, verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, That the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Lord's like, you know, don't walk around pridefully because you can cast demons out. Walk around with joy because you are written in the book of life. Because why? Because you're a believer. Because you're a believer. And so the point I want to just emphasize here in uh, the, the last point of this message here is Jesus expects you to use that power in his name. He actually commissions us to go do it. How do I know? Well, the Bible shows us. In John 14, verse 12, this is a commissioning process that Jesus is telling us and asking us to use his name in these situations and these circumstances. It says this, most assuredly, I say to you, he who what? Believes in me. Again, the foundational thing, the believer's authority. We must first believe. If we are having doubt and unbelief and wavering, that's one of those things that really begins to neglect or negate the name of Jesus' powers when we don't believe. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. How many of you are the ones, the also ones? We're the second part of that sentence. In greater works, hallelujah, in greater works than these he will do. Because why? Because he goes to the Father. Because Jesus is now his interceding. It's not just Jesus doing the work, it's his entire church. And his enti- the entire bride of Christ has the authority to do the works of Jesus. So if Jesus did so many works that couldn't be written down in all the books of the land, is how I believe John actually said it, the disciple John, then how many more when all of his church begins to operate in the authority that he has given us? You talk about a few books that could be written. I'm talking libraries full, presidential libraries times a thousand. Come on, church. So number one, he has commissioned you. You look at that word. He is, is what that word, I love this word, is it means ready for service. How many of you want to leave here commissioned today? Come on, church. I'm commissioning you today. And we're going to walk through this over the next couple of weeks and what this looks like and how this works and how this operates, but I'm commissioning you today. Every one of you, you are being commissioned that as a believer, you have the ability to use the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Verse 13, whatever you ask, what in my name that I will do? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why do these things happen? To point people to Jesus. Why do we get to cast out demons? To point people to Jesus. Why can we walk through, with supernatural safety through situations that should have harmed us? So we can point people to Jesus. Why can we fly on a plane and have it fill up with smoke so we can give that testimony to Jesus? All these things that we get to do, these signs that follow us, are all for one purpose, to expand his kingdom and to point people to Jesus. So the second point is, he gave you, Jesus gave you the right to use his name. He gave us the right to use it. He's like, here's my name. The backing of my name is who I am, and you have now the right to use that name. In verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Not me, not you. He's saying, I will do it. He does the work. He does the work. Like, this is like revelation. This is like a revelation for me. Because in, like, the way I am wired or my Myers-Briggs or all this stuff, like, I'm just like a doer. Do, 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 do. I mean, some of us are like that. Some of us are more of a beer. There's beers and there's doers. I should write a book on, like, beers and doers. I'm just kidding. There's so many books on that stuff. So all these different personality tests that are out there. There's the doer. So I'm a doer. So I'm constantly trying to do, 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 do. And I just have to remember that God is the one who does the work. I don't have to strive and struggle so hard day in and day out trying to do everything and trying to do it on my own. The Lord has been speaking to me and to our family. You you can rest. You can have eight kids, but you can still rest. I'm not there yet. (laughs) I'm working on it. But it's possible. Because why? Because he does the work. He is the one who does the work. And so here, this principle that we see, I know Pastor Andy talked about it uh, last week, in Acts 3, verse 6. I don't have the scripture up there, but he mentioned it last week. They're at the gate beautiful, and there's a lame man. And what did they say? They said, silver and gold, I I don't have it. But let me give you what I do have. And he asked the, the, to look at them. To look at them. Why? Because in them was Jesus. And in them was the authority of Jesus. And in them was a believer and the backing of the power of the name of Jesus. And so when they looked at him and they said, stand up and walk, the power and the authority in the name of Jesus was activated. And the man stood up and walked. And then what did he go do? Jumping and leaping and praising God why? it was now a testimony and a sign to others so how do we use this this week what can we do this week on it there's a book that we read, it's a shepherding book I'm going to read this quote, it's very interesting sin is not the weakness of the will but the power of the will pointed in the wrong direction let that sit for a minute Sin is not the weakness of the will. So when we sin, we're just like, oh, you know, I'm so weak, I'm so... It's actually, your will was so strong that you were able to overcome all the things trying to stop you from sinning. It was actually powerful. So your will is actually strong. And our goal, or what we need to do as believers, is to point that will in the right direction. And we keep trying to conquer our will and we keep trying to like do stuff to, to push our will down. I need to stop thinking that way, stop doing that way. And what the Lord is saying, what the Bible is saying, no, take that will that is strong because that's how he made you to have a strong and to point it in the right direction and to point it in the things of the Lord and to point it in the things of what God is calling us to go do. So how do we do that? So here's some practical ways. Jake, if you want to come up here. There are some practical things this week that I want you to do as a, as a church. I want us to go do We're going to put each of these up on the, on, the, on the slide here for a minute. But I want to give us something practical that we can go work on. And the ones I want to work on this week are really this battle of the mind, this battle of these thoughts. And remember what we said. We have power over all the power of the enemy. All of it. And we know that the enemy is the author of lies. He's the one who speaks lies, he speaks deceit, and all the stuff that the enemy does, we can take authority over those things. And I'm telling you that I've been working on this and practicing this. This is like a daily thing. This isn't like I'm going to read this thing and I'm going to do it once, and I'm going to walk in victorious freedom every single moment from the rest of my life because I did it this one time. mm This is like, Daily, hourly, some of us, every minute, we have to take authority using the name of Jesus over these things in our life. So the first one here is over sin. Over sin. And you could either write these down or take a picture of this. For the word says in Romans 6.14, for sin shall not ...have dominion over you. Cannot have dominion over you. For you, basically I am, we are not under the law... ...but under grace. And so this week, I want you each day to say... ...in the name of Jesus, I have victory over sin. For your word says, Lord... So what we're doing here is we're taking the authority of the name of Jesus and we're backing it with the word of God. Because if you know and understand anything about how this works, is God cannot operate against himself when the word of God is spoken. That is the truth. And we have to stand on that particular truth in that particular situation. So this week, if you're battling with sin and you're having challenges and struggle in this area, you say, in the name of Jesus... I have victory over sin. For your word says in Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over me. For I am not under the law, but under grace. Here's another one. In the name of Jesus, I have victory over my thoughts. Many of us have to use this on a daily basis. In the name of... You have to wake up and declare and decree... This is how you will operate this day. You can't just... I've tried it myself. You can't just walk through the day... And think that no thoughts are going to come at you... That are not of Him. They're going to happen. You have to set the tone. You have to set the day and say... In the name of Jesus... I take authority over my thoughts... For your word says in 2 Corinthians 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, for casting down all those arguments, the whisper, 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 whisper. Why did I think that? Well, you're not thinking that. It's the enemy whispering that to you. Pulling down those strongholds, casting down those arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The next one this week is over fear. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over the spirit of fear in my life. For your word says in 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If fear is your struggle, fear is your battle, here's your battle plan. And the last one for this week is over confusion. In the name of Jesus, I will not be confused. I will know what to do in Jesus' name. I can make the right decisions. I know which direction he wants me to go. Why? Because your word says, Lord, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Maybe you say, well, these four things here, they're not for me this week. I battle something else. Well, whatever the battle is, whatever the issue is that you have, Find the scripture to stand on it and declare and believe in the authority in the name of Jesus over these things. And I'm telling you, it's a daily, hourly, weekly battle. And you begin to see victory after victory in your life. In fact, Pastor Andy and I were trading emails on challenges in in my thought life or in this process of having. And I was like, I'm actually using the name of Jesus to stop and declaring over these things that these thoughts are not my thoughts. And I had to keep doing it. I had to tell somebody about it. And I had to keep doing it. And I had to keep doing it. And the Lord does the work. And the Lord brings the victory. So bow your heads this morning. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Oh, Father, we just thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the power, that delegated authority, that we believe in your name. So, Lord, as we go through this week, and the challenges that we face. Lord, help us every day to remember to begin that day taking the authority that you've given us in the name of Jesus over sin, over our thoughts, over fear, over confusion, over all the things that the enemy tries to bring forth in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you most of all that you do the work And you ask us just to believe. So Father, lead us and guide us in this this week. And with everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes still closed, I would ask this. If there's anyone here this morning who does not believe, has not made that decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, but have been feeling this tugging, this constant pull that says, you know what? I have got to make right with God. I've, I cannot do this anymore on my own. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anyone at all? Okay. You guys can look up here. I'm going to read this last slide again like I did uh, the prayer leaders if you guys want to come up here to the front. There'll be prayer teams up here that can pray over you. I want you to be using those things each and every day this week but I have this last slide up here that you guys can take a picture of this as well. Paul is the one that says Satan in the name of Jesus. I'm going to decree and declare this over each one of you again this morning and I encourage you to do this as well in your own life in fact I would start with this and then make your declarations in the name of Jesus over the certain battles and things that you're facing so just receive this this morning as I pray it over you and speak it over you we speak it to against Satan Satan in the name of Jesus Jesus I bind you, for it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against this church, may not come against these marriages, may not come against these children, may not come against these jobs, may not come against relationships and spouses and all the things, Father, that you have ordained. You may not. You have to go in Jesus' name. For you are bound, Satan, away from us and our families. And we are covered and we are cleansed with the blood of Jesus. You may not steal. You may not kill. You may not destroy us or our property in Jesus' name. And I remind you, Satan, this morning that you are defeated And that we as a church and as families are victorious in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Just give him praise this morning. Father, we just thank you. Just just give him some praise this morning. Father, we worship you. We thank you for your name. We thank you that you've given us this authority to bind up Satan in all his schemes and works. And we thank you, Father, that we are set free today because of who you are and what you've done. Father, we just thank you for it in your precious, precious name. Amen and amen. All right, the prayer teams will come up. I just want to read this benediction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort, be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great week.